You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM presents Stand with Candace Kelly. This show takes a look at social justice issues impacting society. Here's your host, Rowan University professor Candace Kelly. Maxwell Kofi Dancor is the leader and artistic director of the Sankofa Drum and Dance Ensemble. Sankofa means going back to the roots in the Twi language of Ghana, West Africa. The group promotes personal and community awareness, bringing alive the traditions of villages in West Africa. The ensemble is especially popular on Juneteenth, a day that commemorates black liberation from the institution of slavery. Kofi, as he is known, joins us on stand to discuss his Ghanaian roots, Juneteenth, and the importance of sharing his history and cultural origins, especially with people in the United States. Kofi, thank you so much for being with us today. You're welcome. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Yes, you came here in the 90s from Ghana. And before we get into what your dance troupe does, especially in and around Juneteenth, I just want a little information about your background and what brought you over here. You meet so many people who come from Africa, especially with the way that America is today. It always interests me to find out what brought you to America. Well, it's just like the wind, you know, <laughs> I call it. <laughs> I got blown out here, you know, through series of things, exhibition in London. And during that time, you know, Ron Martins, who was the head of the American uh, uh, Come Directors uh, Association, uh, really taught me and asked me whether I would share the talents I have in music and art, you know, with his camp, New Jersey Camp JC, which mm-hmm. is in Effort, Pennsylvania. So basically, uh, as an artist growing up, you know, uh, and my background, my grandfather was a drummer, uh, and uh, I took it from there. So after college, I still continued, you know, to do all this, and uh, I I ended up here in Airport, Pennsylvania, you know, and eventually what happened is I always try to reach out to communities and the artistic community in the area. I met a gentleman, Don Gibbons, who eventually introduced me to the Pennsylvania Council on the Arts and said, hey, look, we are something new out here. We need people like you. We're doing what they call arts in education. Yes. If you are interested, you know, and the rest is history. Yes. Yeah, so it's, it seems like there was a, a gap to fill. And you mentioned your grandfather. I immediately yeah. have this image of your father, of your grandfather sitting next to you with the drums and teaching you. Is that how it unfolded? Yes, that's exactly. I took it for granted because we come from a drumming family and a royal family. So basically... I just picked it up and it wasn't like my main thing to start with, but eventually it's like just passing it on to me. And I lived with it, you know, as a sculptor. So that kind of continues my journey, you know, eventually when I began to, you know, do my own thing and try to reach out to the world, 
you know. So yes. That's that's just uh, the genesis of it. You know, grandfather was a master drama in the village, and then I picked it up, and you know, here I am in America. For for people <laughs> who haven't visited Ghana or or any place in Africa or just not traveled, how would you explain to them how important drum ceremony and tradition are in the villages that you made reference to? Wow. That's a big thing. You know, you can't go without that aspect of life. There's drumming almost every day, you know, in the village, uh, the, the village square, if you call it, or under the big tree. And, uh, um, it's, it's important because when every aspect of our lives is celebrated, you know, through drumming and some kind of ritual when a baby is born, you know, puberty, and I could go on and on all the way to death, you know, we do celebrate life, you know. So all this are so important, you know, and it's not just the drumming, just our, our, our outfit, the clothing we wear, you know, these are all sort of handmade, you know, a ginkra, kente. You're going to see a lot of colors, you know, when you go to Ghana and give yourself a chance, you know, to get into some of these uh, festivals that is celebrated throughout the year, you know. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned, you're the artistic director and leader of the Sankofa Drum and Dance Ensemble how did this get started? It, does this go back to the roots that you were talking about in Pennsylvania, where someone introduced the idea of making this an educational kind of journey to share with other people? Is that how this was formed in that moment? Yes. And actually, when I got to this country, my first cultural shock was opening the door for a lady and saying, hey, you don't do that to me. and I was awake I said what you know I mean British trained you know and and, you know uh, Ghana colonized by the British which is a whole different topic yes (laughs) you can go on and on yeah we could Uh, you know (laughs) from that moment I realized wow things are different you know and then collaborating with this friend of mine who is a sculptor and him leading me into, you know, meeting like Pennsylvania Council on the Arts, you know. So my first residency was at the Marywood College in Scranton, you know. And I, I realized, you know, like we have been brought up, you know, there is this burden of passing on traditions, you know. And, and that is where it started. So after a while, working with a number of schools, everybody kept asking, I mean, do you have a drumming group? You know, can we have a place that we can come and, you know, and learn? And that is how Sankofa was built, you right. know. And, and you so, mentioned these residencies. You have so many residencies. What have they done for you in terms of opening your eyes about how your culture and artistic creativity can really be used in America because it seems as though a lot of people pulled on you to say, listen, we, we have a hole that needs to be filled. And I think that you can fill it. I, you're just hit it right on. I mean, I get, I mean, I have people who have become teachers today, our teachers today who write to me, 
you know, people who really reach out to say, look, you came into my classroom and you know what? You just turned me around. I realize the world is not just America. You know, there is a big wide world out there. And I, 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 that really affected, you know, my outlook to this. And especially to the underserved communities, you know, uh, the goal is to really bring this and through drum and dance. And I'm a firm believer of the arts because the arts, uh, you know, and I can go on and on because it's not just for entertainment. It is healing. It is something that really tests up our spirit. It, it, it really gives us the moment to take a deep breath, like my grandmother would say, you know, <laughs> you know? Oh. And, and without the art, I don't think, you know, anybody, you know, whether you're a lawyer or you are, you know, you become, you know, the head of the United States, the president of the United States, or whatever you are, you need the art, mm-hmm. you know. And without the art, I think we lose that aspect of critical thinking. The art truly is a great equalizer. You can get people from different backgrounds, laughing at the same things, looking at the same things, enjoying the same type of music. Um, But you're right. Something happens when we step away from the arts. It's, It's a really interesting process. Can you explain to us, What exactly happens when you come to, let's say, a Juneteenth? I mentioned that Juneteenth is a very big time of the year for you. What what happens if you could take us to the experience for someone who hasn't experienced it before? Well, Juneteenth is is a time to celebrate because this actually is, uh, as uh, I, I would say, if I have to say, you know, as black folks, you know, uh, who have been marginalized for years is is the time to realize that the very drums that were given us that was taken away and we had to reclaim it and reconnect with our roots. It's it's a time to celebrate and realize that you know what? Though there was a proclamation, you know, it wasn't applicable to us, you know, till you know, 1865, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. when, you know, uh, um, uh, this general, you know, really got to Galveston, you know, Texas to announce it. So basically it is an awakening. It's a time of awakening. And, and really the fight is still on, you know, yes. the fight is still on. And what we have is the power of music and rhythms, you know, what we have, which I know it takes a lot of other folks, you know, a long time to grasp, is that this is how we work things out. This is how, you know, those who worked on the farms, you know, those who were enslaved, you know, this is how they went through the day because they were able to speak, I mean, I mean, sing, you know, spirituals and, 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 you know, even Mandela says, look, the only thing that kept him going for the 27 years in prison was that sound of the drum and the voices that he had, Mm. you know, far away. 
And that is the power that we want to reintroduce and, and bring to such celebration. So our celebrations really involve coming up, taking us through the rituals, realizing and getting everybody to realize we stand on the shoulders of our ancestors, you know, and realizing that the spirit are still here with us, though we don't physically see them. Mm. Again, that set the stage for celebration, the drum and dance. And we leave these places, you know, of celebration with the news that the fight continues. A lot had been done, but it's not over yet. So we need to strive and we need to use the resources that we have, just like Sankofa says, you know, Sankofa, you know, and I, 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 I I grew up with Sankofa because Sankofa comes from my Asante traditional roots, you know, which says that Rifinao Sankofa, Yenchi, you know, and I'm speaking the current language, Rifinao Sankofa, Yenchi. It means that don't forget the past, you know, don't forget what had gone on in the past, but don't be held down by that. You have to take the moment that you are in and honoring the ancestors and realize that you need to keep fighting on till the whole village is liberated. During these celebrations, it is song, it is dance, but it is also on, on some levels in terms of what you do and there are different ways that you come to the community. You can do a libation. There are sculptures. Tell me about the different facets that you um, can potentially bring in to a celebration. Well, what, what I bring in into the celebration is just if you see the troop, if you see us, we are all dressed in our African clothing. You know, uh, we not only uh, just perform, but also educate, educate uh, the, 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 the audience for them to actually realize what kinds of drums we are using, you know. Because a lot of times when people don't know, and I, I use this as a sculptor in some of my, you know, uh, uh, analogies, that if you saw an African mask the first time around or a carved drum the first time around, sometimes it's scary, you know. Mm-hmm. But when you go closer to it <laughs> and you touch it, you begin to realize, wow. And then you begin to realize the, the history and the stories and the culture, you know, that it comes with. And that really helps us to definitely embrace, you know, what what is uh, about, you know, the drum. And, and that is what we do the best. We try to bring this to you. And, and it's the same thing that we do when we go into the schools and colleges. But Juneteenth is especially important because that is like, you know, our Black Independence Day, you know, and that tells a lot, you know, and also reminds us of where we have come from and where we need to go, 
You know, it's so interesting hearing you speak about Juneteenth and where we've come from and where we need to go because you are from Africa so that when you come over here, you are really kind of embracing the culture and history of America that isn't exactly like yours. And I'm wondering, you know, the conversations that you have back home or with yourself about kind of tying these two realities together that, you know, your the people that you know actually got to stay in Africa, but then there are other people that you claim across the waters that, yep. that were stolen. Yep. It is. It is very, and again, that kind of brings me to, you know, if anybody <laughs> reaching out, you know, and seeing the, the differences, you know, those who were brought up, I mean, you know, over, you know, on the water. And there was so many sort of trauma that they went through. I mean, that's just an understatement, you know, and, and, and to kind of try to reclaim themselves as, as uh, a, a, a Ghanaian, you know, here living in the United States, initially, I didn't understand it. And you were right. You know, I didn't understand, you know, the dynamics. But then when I went through it myself, you know, mm-hmm. I it, it kind of woke me up. I think that really strengthened me to be able to realize that there is more need, you know, for the things that we do through the drums and the sculptures and and every aspect of the culture that it is relevant today, you know, and at the same time, putting in perspective what is happening, you know, right now as we speak, you know, there are people who are heading, you know, there are people who are thinking about the next meal, you know, there are things that are still going on that is, you know, something that was, you know, built on. It's like structures that have been built on. And now we are like inheriting this aspect of this, you know, journey that we have been on and we still continue to struggle to this day, you know. Yes. Well, more with Maxwell Kofi Dancor, the artistic director and leader of Sankofa Drum and Dance Ensemble, when we come back. And we are back with Maxwell Kofi Dancor. He was chosen to carry on the ancestral drumming tradition, a commitment that he's really pursued with with passion throughout his whole life. You know, I want you to take us back, if you will, Kofi, to Ghana and the slave trade and the castles that still exist in Ghana. The significance of that for you as a Ghanaian, what does that mean to you? I think it's so, so, so vital and important. And I thank God that, you know, these castles are still there today. Because when you get there, you get chills. You know, these are huge castles that were built just to take our brothers and our sisters, our fathers and our mothers away, you know, from us. Up to today, whenever I get there, especially the Alamina Castle, 
I just have chills, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I still can't understand how people could do that. I don't. And living in America, I do now, you know, I do now understand because it just doesn't make sense that folks were able to be sort of deceived and eventually something that happened around, like say people go to war and then they have, you know, uh, war, what do we call it? Um, uh, they, they, they capture the enemies and it, it's all around the world, but then it turned into a trade, yes. you know, and, 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 and gold, because we had gold and Ghana was called Gold Coast, you know, at that time, because the British found gold over there, you know. Right. And all this stuff, it turned from gold to slavery, which is kind of scary, you know. And I always just admire and I, 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 I sort of pray every day that every African-American will have the opportunity to get into one of those places to to just kind of feel, you know, the presence of the ancestors. And I'm so happy that the Ghana government, you know, never gave in when these places were deemed to be commercialized. Actually, they wanted to commercialize the place and the government says no. And I commend them for that, Mm. you know, for maintaining everything and then having even a church, a church, Right up at the at the top, you know, whilst people were being beaten, you know, and molested, just the last spot that you get to, you enter and it's called, you know, the land of no return. You you just kinda enter the place, a small hole where they shuttle them through and you know and and you know that was when they got into the boats or the ships and were carried away. So it is very emotional when I talk about this. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your, your traditions that you have brought to America, some of them also include drumming as therapy for youth who are at risk. Can you tell me a little bit about how that works? Oh, it's amazing because uh, we have worked with uh, non-secure detentions, kids uh, who are, you know, looked at as misfits in the schools. And I, I think it's amazing because what I do is to come in and <clears throat> use it as play, you know, basically drumming, dance. Initially, they they just uh, sort of, it's like, it's a little foreign to them, like everybody, you know. It's just something that is kind of strange, you know, but then all of a sudden they begin to take interest in it and gradually the kids begin to open up and tell things that they will not even tell anybody, Mm. you know, it's, it's, it's very therapeutic. And I think it's all about the vibration, which our ancestors already knew, you know, and also it's a language, you know, it's a language. 
you know, the vibration is a language. The sound really denotes a lot of things to a lot of people. Hmm. You know, another interesting connection that I know comes across my mind often when I see young people dancing and then you think about how Africans and their dance and their circles, how similar they look. It really is in our DNA. I'm wondering if you've experienced that where you see dances and and you say, that's what we do back home. Well, (laughs) interestingly, I have had such moments whereby I am, you know, called to do drumming without my dancers and I encourage the audience to dance. And a lot of times, you're going to feel and see them emulate, you know, the very movements that is associated with a particular rhythm, you know, and it's, it's, it's very interesting, you know, and I think that also defines, you know, not just our DNA, but just, you know, the point is it's in our spirit, you know, and there is nothing that can take that away. You you have over 800 residencies. You have, you know, workshops and um, from dance to drum to yeah. to actually just kind of looking be, behind uh, what goes on in African culture. Can, I just wanted to end on this note. Can you share with us perhaps a transformative experience that someone has had as they have listened two drums and seen dancers and gone through a libation, I can imagine it must get very emotional and spiritual on so many levels. You are, you are just right on that. I, I kind of will tell you that there is so much that had gone on. And I, I think one of the best experiences that I had was, you know, a, a particular event, you know, this lady coming up and saying, look, man, you have no idea. I was so much in pain, you know, but when I had these drums, it just kind of released the pain, you know, and I couldn't believe it. But then I also know that that is what it does. <laughs> you know, I had a car accident, 2013. I had a hard color for almost three years. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything with the drumming. I had, I have been preaching this, but then I experienced it myself, you know, that my drummers will come and drum because they know that is what works, you know, mm-hmm. for me and over and over again. So now what we do is, you know, we go out to eating places like senior homes and, and some of the hospitals uh, Morristown, actually, years ago, we did, we, we did work with the Morristown Cancer Unit, you know, whereby we come in to really just get the cancer patients and their support group, you know, to, you know, just experience 
this vibration as much as they can. Wow. So it is transformative. It is healing. And, you know, it is therapeutic, you know. And to me, it is a balancer. It kind of balances us, you know, and uh, it's a heartbeat. You know, it's the heartbeat of humanity, you know, as I say. Mm. Well, Kofi, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Before we leave, though, can you let people know uh, your website, please, so they can reach out to you if need? Yes. My website is www.backtoroots.org. And it's B, like boy, A, like apple, K, like kite, the number two. And then R, like Robert. O like Oscar, O Oscar, T like Thomas, S like Sam dot org, O-R-G. Wonderful. Kofi, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It was so informative and just very spiritually uplifting. Thank you for being with us and sharing with us how just bringing alive the traditions of villages in West Africa can transform communities. Maxwell Kofi Dankor. Thank you. You've been listening to Stand with Candace Kelly. Please join us Saturday morning at 8.30 for another episode on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and by searching for Rowan Radio on your favorite podcasting platforms.